Hey friends, it's 500 Seconds to Joy, and it's your host, Stephanie. I'm really excited. I'm joined by Aaron Weideman today for author spotlight number 17, and I am so honored to bring her on today. She is an amazing author and speaker, and she founded Truth Becomes Her. You may have heard of it, and her newest book is called Ringleaders. It's for young girls, and it's the adventures of Rooney Cruz. It really helps girls to identify with the characters in the Bible. It's so amazing. My four-year-old loves it and asks for it all the time. We're constantly reading it. You're going to love it. You have to get it for yourself and for a friend who has a girl, young girl, even as young as four. And um, I just am so inspired by what Aaron shares, how to disciple our children, whether they're boys or girls. I think this episode will apply to any mama who's trying to lead their child to God and help their, their child to love Jesus. And especially for moms of girls, I think this is going to really speak to you because we want our girls to have role models, not just um, in, you know, the, the characters like... Belle or Ariel, you know, the Disney princesses that girls know about, but we want them to know more about the women in the Bible. So I love how Erin speaks to that. I I love her message and just, you're going to be so encouraged. She's an incredible speaker and you have to go get Ringlanders. It's amazing friends. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the lovely Erin Weideman. Hey, Erin, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here with us today. Hi, Stephanie. Excited to be here. Thank you. You're welcome, everyone. This is Erin Weideman. And so you may recognize her name because there's this awesome series, The Adventures of Rooney Cruz, and your newest book is called Ringleaders. And like I was saying, um, my daughter and I have been reading it. It's incredible. I've already recommended it to a friend and now everybody I'm recommending it to all of you. <laughs> Such an incredible book. And I just love this whole series that you do that you're a best-selling author, The Adventures of Rooney Cruz. This is a series for young girls and everybody, Erin's a nationally recognized speaker. Like she is doing amazing work for the kingdom. And I'm just so honored to have you here today to talk with us and just to speak life into each of us listening and also to just really let us know how we can empower young girls, Christian girls to really understand their God-given worth. And that's a lot of what you talk about in this really awesome book, Ringleaders. And as I was reading it to my daughter, I was just thinking, wow, this is just such a beautiful message, and this needs to get into the hands of all girls, um, even as young as four, like my daughter. So I'm really excited to have you here. Well, it's been um, such a a challenging, exciting journey that I feel like God had our family on, um, you know, back a couple of years ago when Bible Bells was just a little idea. I was teaching school full-time and hanging out with mostly middle school girls, you know, on my lunch break and I had them in class and I was just like sad for everything that girls today are going through. It just, it felt so resonant and um, it spoke to me so deeply about, you know, just the things I went through as a young girl. And I know, I mean, if you're a woman listening, we're all just grown up girls and, you know, we, a lot of us are called to mentor and disciple and lead maybe our own daughters or God's placed 
you know, a girl or a group of girls inside our sphere of influence. And we know we're called to champion the Lord and to, to grow these girls up in faith and a strong God-given identity. But I feel like just as adult women, we really struggle to own our own identity, let alone how are we going to impart this wisdom on these young people, the next generation that's coming up behind us. So Bible Bells was um, just an idea we had when I was teaching and we thought, oh my gosh, like all the little girls we know can name all the Disney princesses, but they can't really name any women in the Bible. Maybe we can make something that would get girls today just as excited about biblical women, these female heroes, as they are about these fantasy characters from like Disney and Pixar. So we we got started writing the first books and, um, you know, flushed our retirement accounts and quit our jobs a couple of years ago. And we've watched God take it from this like teeny tiny idea, didn't know what we were doing to we started a publishing company. And then we watched God get these books to girls all over the world. So it's so blesses my mama heart to hear that you and your daughter, like you can sit down and have these rich moments and conversations about the women in the Bible and get excited about Jesus and um, just have these, these meaningful interactions and experiences together, which is what I know we all want um, as women who are looking to the next generation to go, gosh, you like, you guys need something. And I I'm called to play a part in discipling this next generation. So I love talking about that all the time. Um, yeah, so I'm just excited to be here to share and encourage anybody. Yes. And you are so encouraging and your book is so encouraging. Like really it's, it weaves, you know, Rooney Cruz and her journey and, you know, a young girl kind of doubting herself and being unsure and feeling confused. And then using the stories of, you know, women in the Bible and Jesus is, you know, the big triumph over death, like that story to help Rooney, you know, get strong and learn to use her voice. And it's just such an amazing story. And as I was reading it, I, I was literally getting emotional. <laughs> I was like, this is so emotional because you bring it down to a level that, you know, a child can understand and comprehend and I feel like that's when the gospel is the most profound in its simplest form, because there's no drama. There's no like extra added in anything. It's so pure. And just reading the pure story of like, wow, this is what Jesus did for us. It's so, it's so profound. And so I really feel like parents who get this are going to be reading it and feeling like, wow, I'm being kind of catechized right now. Like I, I'm being taught <laughs> along with my child. And so I feel like that's a really nice side benefit, which maybe you thought about it, maybe you didn't. But um, I think it's just such a beautiful mission to empower young girls and to remind them that they can be like these women in the Bible. Like it's yeah, not just I for back then, it's, it's now. Oh, it's definitely for now. I mean, I remember sitting in Sunday school. I mean, I grew up in church and, um, you know, sat in Sunday school and was really good about memorizing all the stories. And I think I mostly heard about the men in the Bible. You know, we just, we talk about them. We teach on them a lot more. And I mean, in all the research that I've done as an author and in just knowing what, how to reach kids working in the classroom for so many years, like something comes alive inside a little girl when she can connect with her heroes and we know mm -hmm. as adult women, we're so impacted by those stories 
of positive women, role models, you know, these women that were bold and walked fully in their faith and they understood their value. They under, you know, they didn't have all the answers. They didn't have it all figured out, but they really just landed on being obedient, trying to be their authentic selves, like how God made them. And they were able to show up powerfully inside his narrative and the story that he was telling from the beginning of time to the story of Jesus and now into the modern world. So I think it's really fun as the adults who care about this next generation of kids, when we think about girls and empowering them, you know, accessing the stories of these women in the Bible and making, helping girls make that correlation, that comparison to their own life and how they can apply what they learn about these women to the here and now, the challenges that they face, you know, struggling with things like insecurity and, you know, do I fit in? Do I belong? God, what's my mission? What's my purpose? I mean, these are all questions I didn't even ask myself until I was like in my mid twenties in the middle of my first cancer journey. Um, and, and I, I was, I was diagnosed five different times with cancer. Like I'm just here by God's grace. And I was fully healed eight years ago. Um, but I remember just being so lost as a young person, like there I was on the floor of my parents' bathroom, you know, praying for the first time and getting out of treatment going, gosh, I've never asked God one time. Number one, I don't even think I believe in God. But number two, like I've never asked what my purpose is. Like, what was I made to do? What are my unique gifts? How was I made? And what are the ways that I'm called to partner with God to bring love to people, to bless people, to share Jesus with people? And these are the questions, these are the answers to life's most important questions. And I think the the Bible Bell series really is just, we just made it so that we could create ways for the adults that care about these kids to have those conversations, to be able to disciple effectively. So you can come alongside your daughter and she doesn't get so obsessed with how she looks on the outside and how she's being perceived by people that she misses her God-given purpose and the work that God has for her to do. Mm, so good. I wish I had this book when I was younger. I mean, really, this book is just such, like you said, it's this conversation starter. It's such a powerful way to start the conversation with young people because as we all know, stories are so powerful. That's why Jesus used parables in the Bible because we mm -hmm. learn through stories. And so the power of a story and just the way it draws you in and the Bible stories are so captivating. They're so nuanced and just so interesting. And it's why, you know, the Bible is the best book ever written. <laughs> it really is. It's the best, some of the best stories you could ever read. And so it's just so cool that you're bringing it to young girls. And like you said, it's that conversation starter. And so for you in your life, I know you used to be an atheist. Um, you didn't believe in God. And so was there someone pivotal in your life, particularly that kind of was it an adult or, or a mentor or somebody who kind of helped you like find God or yeah, just let us know what that yeah. journey looked like. Because I think was, a lot of us are yeah. like, wait, how did this happen? How did you find God? <laughs> it was a group of people, but let me back up a little bit. So I grew up, like, I, like I said, I grew up in church. My parents and my sister and I, we all went to like the same church school combination, my little town in Southern California. And it was all 
just like I was a really good student. So I went to Sunday school and youth group and I did all the classes and memorized all the stories and like had no relationship with God. I did not understand. I mean, I probably said, you know, John three sixteen in memory verse, like a thousand times and never actually thought about what it meant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like 16 when I just got really busy with things like sports and school and, you know, out, you know, worldly things that could make me feel really valuable. I was like, oh, I like doing well in these two areas of life and look at all the positive attention I'm getting. And, oh, I can get a softball scholarship to, to get, you know, to go to college and I won't have to pay for anything. So fast forward, I mean, I said goodbye to my faith right around 16 and went, you know, moved out of my house at 18, went to college for you. I mean, made every mistake on the planet that you could make as somebody who is not walking with God. I was like, God doesn't exist. I'm just in charge of my own life. And I got out of college and started doing the young adult thing. And I was working for a few years and just out of nowhere, my mom was like, Hey, you know, cause I'd felt a lump in my neck in college. Like I was 22 years old and felt a little lump. I went to my mm-hmm. teen doctor and they said, it looked, they said it was nothing and not to worry about it. So I didn't. And then four years later, 26, my mom goes, you should get that checked out. Um, and so we do, and it ends up being cancer and it's not like we caught it early. It's not, I don't have this great prognosis. They're like, you're really, I mean, this is really far along. It's advanced stage thyroid cancer. It's an aggressive version of it. So it's all over the top half of you. And I'm like, I don't have any symptoms. What are you talking about? So that set me on a journey of just starting to understand that what I was experiencing was too big for me to experience on my own. I tried the best that I could to just deal with it like an athlete would. I was like, I've trained, I'm mentally tough. I can do all of these hard things like surgeries and treatments and all that stuff. And I just found myself like on the floor of my parents' bathroom in the middle of a radiation treatment, praying and, and saying, I mean, I remember saying out loud, so dizzy. And I lay down because I was like, I'm going to faint. No one can come in here. And I prayed. And I remember saying out loud, God, I don't, I don't know if you're real, but if you are real, I'm so sorry. And can you please come in here and help me? Because this is too hard. I can't do it by myself. And I just, I need you if you're real. And that was the, that was the pivotal like moment. Cause I had never once considered, Oh, God's real. He's got a plan for my life. And Jesus died for my sin. Like I had said all of those things growing up, but they didn't mean anything until I was staring, you know, at the end of my life. And mm-hmm. I mean, long story short, I got out of that room. I immediately was like, I need to get in the classroom. I need to be a teacher because I felt like there was the stirring in my soul for children and that I was called to help them. So, I mean, I'm still doing treatment, getting a teacher credentialing program. And my boyfriend at the time, who's my husband now, had invited me to a Bible study. And I was mm-hmm. still so closed off to the idea of God. He would invite me every week, Wednesday night. He would invite me to say, we're going to Bible study. And I'd say, have a great time. And I would stay behind. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, like, I'm not going to your Bible study. I don't want to go. I've had this bad experience with Christian. I'm just not going. And I finally one week went to it. And I started going every week. And I think it was like the second or third week when I, re- I had this profound revelation in this Bible study. and because I sat there and listened to all of these beautiful, kind, loving, caring Christian people pray for each other, support each other, lay hands on each other, work through hard questions in the Bible that they had. And I'm sitting there with my arms crossed 
And I realized, oh my God, I mean, the Holy Spirit fully convicted me like mid Bible study. And he, he was like, you're the only judgmental person in this Bible study. And I went, oh my gosh, I am. (laughs) And I desperately wanted to debate with the people that were there. And I, I realized I had so many questions about God and, you know, studying him growing up and memorizing a bunch of facts about him didn't give me a relationship with him, but I realized I couldn't engage in this Bible study at all because I didn't know what I was talking about. I just had memorized facts that I had never pieced together the story of God and why we needed Jesus. And so my, I mean, the one person I would say is a group of people. It was that initial Bible study I got invited to, didn't want to go, dragged my feet. And then I finally got there and I saw for the first time what the body of Christ looks like when it's intentional and kind and not judgmental and so opening to somebody who was so closed off inside. I mean, so I, I was in that meeting with my arms folded and like probably with a scowl on my face, like, what are these people going to teach me? And it ended up being just that pivotal moment of God going, Hey, I have something for you. I want you to experience who I am through my people in a totally different way. And I mean, that was the catalyst, I think, that righted my perspective, or at least began the transformation in my own life to see, okay, God, God really can work through his people. And we really are like the movable, actionable part of his body. Like we're here on earth to do his work. And I don't know, that's just what did it for me, where I was like, I really started diving in and seeking him and asking him what he had for me. I love that story so much. And it's really amazing how many, I feel like, just parallels that I see in my own life of the same kind of thing, the body of Christ. And I actually kind of came back to my faith through a group, <laughs> through um, spiritual exercises. It was basically like a Bible study. So it's amazing how we don't always think about it, but maybe now that, you know, I know you and I are walking out our faith, like maybe we'll be those people for somebody else that used to be like us where, you know, they're feeling lost and we can show them love. We can show them, you know, the kindness and the gentleness and the patience and the love, the joy you know, those fruits of the spirit. And so, I don't know, I just think it's amazing that you, you kind of, it was this Bible study and you kind of experienced Jesus through people. And I had the same experience, actually. I experienced Jesus through people and it was definitely, um, yeah, the body of Christ. And so it kind of makes me wonder, like, what do you think for us moms, you know, how, how can we keep our children close to God? in this way? Like, how can we get them to experience the body of Christ? Because I definitely think that, you know, reading to them and like reading your book, Ringleaders to the Kids and, and just getting them to know these stories is like one piece of the puzzle. And then the other piece I do think is community. So maybe you could give us some practical advice, you know, for those of us who have girls that just really want to, um, disciple our children well what would yeah you I think Aaron? I'm, I'm still learning all of that right like I'm in the middle of my cancer stuff I met and married my husband and 
out of nowhere. I mean, I never thought I would be a mom. So if any mom is listening that is like, I don't know what I'm doing. I am not going to be a great mom. Like, don't worry because I fully felt that way. And I had to remind myself, God really did work on me um, to understand that literally no one can mother your children the way you can and your unique experiences, the personality that God wired inside you, your gifts, your talents, the time you've been given, um, the way that you can nurture your children is is completely different and better than what anybody else could do. So I just want to start yes. there. When you yes, feel like I you agree. doubt yourself and like, oh my gosh, I don't have the right words in this moment, or I didn't say that exactly right. Sometimes you don't have to say the right thing. You just have to be there for them. Like in silence, that's a really beautiful, powerful way to come alongside your children. As women, we always want to have the right words for everything. And in the yep. classroom, parents would ask me, moms would ask me all the time, like, just tell me the words I can say to my middle school daughter that like, will you know, help me reach her in this hard thing she's experiencing. And sometimes it truly was not like any words. Like I'd tell them to write their daughter notes on post-its because she, nothing you'll say will penetrate the, the eye rolling and the anger at you right now, if you're in the middle of like dealing with a middle schooler or a high schooler, like it's just a hard time. But sometimes you can communicate with them ver- like with nonverbal language. We're just women, we like to talk. So you have to figure out creative ways to do that. Um, but sometimes just being with them. But what I will say about discipleship, and I think as we look at our kids and we think, yes, okay, we wanna teach them God's word. Yes, we want them in community. And, you know, how do we show them that we're prioritizing those things? I think obviously if you're, if that's part of your routine as a family and you're consistent in that, your, your kids will see like your, your family values what they say, it, like what it says it values, right? So if you value Bible study time and you value time giving back and outreaching to people and getting creative about sharing the gospel with other people and being in community, if you say you value those things, they should be on your calendar, for example. Yes. So it's not really enough to talk about it and say, gosh, this is really important. Like you can even identify with your family and say, okay, these four things we really value, right? So are they showing up in our prayer time in the way we speak to each other in the way we set things on the calendar in the way we're choosing to spend our days? And I think for our family, what's worked really well and what God's really been teaching me is, you know, as somebody, as a young person, I was so focused on this idea of success, you know, gaining money and possessions and recognition and rewards and just success in a worldly way. And I really feel like as effective disciplers, if we want to come alongside and nurture these voices inside our kids and help them feel emboldened to share the gospel, to internalize the gospel message for themselves, to prioritize Jesus. We've got to constantly be talking about this shift from worldly success to eternal significance. What does it mean to be significant for the kingdom of God? And success, at least in my case, success will follow you or will be a byproduct of your commitment to eternal significance, building God's kingdom in the things you say yes to, in the way you speak, in the way you act, in the decisions that you make, in the way you resolve conflict, solve problems. Is this building God's kingdom? Is this, am I being a significant major player in God's plan to rescue the world? Have I prioritized that 
as a parent? And am I showing my kids how to prioritize Jesus above everything else? To me, that's what that's what helps me and has sort of shepherded my own discipleship journey with my kids, especially going through, I mean, many seasons when Rooney was very little going, gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm used to teaching older kids. You know, here's this toddler who's like throwing tantrums every day and I can't mm-hmm. rationalize with her. Like, it's so hard when you feel, you know, you're better with a certain season or a different yes. kind of kid, not your own kid. And I think just as moms, we can totally discount ourselves. So I think if we just take a step back and say, okay, no, 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 God's equipped us. Let me, let me figure out how I can reprioritize so that I'm not focused on success from a worldly standpoint, but that I truly am asking God every day, God, show me how I can be significant for your kingdom. Not because I want recognition, but because I want to invite other people into a deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus. Like that's, that's a significant life. I agree a hundred percent with everything you said. And I just love that phrase, eternal significance and how if we can embody that and live that out as parents, that will be such a wonderful witness for our children. And so I feel like starting there is the best place to start because really our kids, yes, they hear us, but they see us, they watch Mm -hmm. us. And so what we do is even more important than what we say. And so you know, those two things need to line up. Like you said, our calendar needs to match our priorities. And I talk about that a lot on the podcast, actually, and how to prioritize things. How do you focus on what matters? And those big questions um, that take getting still and silent and, you know, having your own personal prayer time with God, because that's where it starts. And then it can flow out to our children and to the community and all of that, but it really does start with a personal relationship with Jesus. And, and so when we prioritize that, I feel like as moms, we, we are equipped because he gives us the strength. He, you know, God lets us know, he lets us know how we can speak to our children. And, and that's why, you know, just having this resource of, you you know, your newest book ringleaders, like really it's something that as I was reading it to my daughter, I realized wow, I needed this message. So I feel like a lot of parents need the same message and we're all God's children, right? We're all children. Like you said, we're just girls grown up. Um, So I really like everything you've shared, Erin. Thank you so, so much. I am so inspired by your story and just really feel like this message of, you know, empowering young girls and reminding them of their God-given worth, reminding them of their eternal significance and to focus on heaven. That's a reminder for all of us moms too. And so is there any last bits of um, wisdom you want to leave our, our listeners with before we close in prayer? Yeah, I think I would just say, you know, when it's all said and done, we, we as human people really make life very complicated. And I feel, yep. <laughs> like, I feel like the Bible is such a beautiful, well, it's, I mean, it's our, it's our manual for everything, right? And it's got the answer to every question that we would ever think to ask. But I think yes. like the Bible really lays out in very simple terms, what we're called to do. And I think as women, we can feel a lot of pressure. There's so much to do. We're pulled in so many different directions, but I would just encourage anybody listening get back in the word. The word can be fresh and new every time you get into it. Even if you haven't dusted that Bible off for a really long time, or you've been walking past it because it looks so intimidating, or you've been doing, you know, Bible studies as a way to kind of 
you know, filter through like what, what seems like a really scary, um, you, you know, resource to work through. The Bible really is the, the first and last place you should go to get what you need before you go to Google, go to God. You know, I think so often we yes. just put so much pressure on ourselves and go, gosh, I've got to find the answer. And, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And I'm so erratic and I'm paralyzed because there's so many decisions to make. And at the end of the day, I think like Jesus is just like, hey, come and spend some time with me. Open up my word. I have a fresh word for you today. Even though these words are really old, they're very poignant and they resonate no matter what season or what struggle you're facing. So that's just what I would say. Like, ladies, I mean, challenge yourself this week. Get in the word you know, pray for the chapter, the book, the place in the Bible that God wants to meet you and just write down what he's telling you. And he's, he's so faithful to just meet us in exactly the way we need to be met each and every time. He is so faithful. I love that advice. I recently gave that advice on a podcast and I couldn't agree with you more to get in the word. It is life. It is truth and truth because comes her that is, <laughs> that is just perfect truth will become you if you get in his word which is truth in life so thank you so much Erin it was such a pleasure to have you would you mind closing us in prayer no absolutely not thanks so much Stephanie it was so wonderful and I love what you're doing to encourage women it's just so beautiful thank dear you. God um, thank you so much father for everything for waking us up this morning for putting air in our bodies to be able to breathe um, and speak out the truth of your word uh, in whatever way we can do that, God, with words, with actions, by how we love people. Please um, just, I pray a refreshing of the spirit of any woman listening right now who's struggling, Lord, um, who feels like things are too hard, too scary. They're looking out into the world at the current political climate, for example. You know what's going on, God, and you know what weighs on the hearts and minds of your daughters. So I just pray for a release of anxiety and stress and worry, God. And I just pray for a new refreshment of strength and boldness to, despite the things that are going on around us, to share the gospel and to share Jesus with anyone who needs to hear about him, God. We know there are people that you're waiting to save, that the Holy Spirit wants to work on, and you're waiting for your soldiers to go out in the world and arm themselves and share the truth of your word. And um, I just pray a boldness into the feet and the mouths of everybody listening, that we would have our eyes open and um, be willing and obedient to the things and opportunities that you're calling us to, God, no matter if they're big, medium, or small. Thank you so much for your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm so grateful to have you here as a part of this community. And if you love listening to these episodes as much as I love sharing them with you, hit subscribe on your podcast app. And if you're an Android user, you can download the Stitcher app and subscribe there. That way you know every time a new episode goes live. Thanks for being here, friend. Bye for now.